Hello, this is Revel, and you are listening to Revelations, celebrating your potential. My guest today, again, is tower racer, marathoner, all-round raw athlete, Tim Van Orden. We had such a great conversation last time. We went overtime, and off air, we were talking some more, and I really, really wanted to continue this conversation. This is something I've never done on... Uh, even though I've I've been tempted, I've never done this on this program. Uh, welcome back, Tim. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, off the air, we were talking about various supplements and stuff, and you had said in our last program that you don't do any of the superfoods, or maybe not as many. I think you had mentioned, um, I don't know, do, do you do any of the uh, quote-unquote superfoods? Now, No, I don't. Um, initially, when I started this journey, I was taking maca, and I was doing spirulina, and I was doing a, a green powder that's pretty popular out there, and uh, goji berries and cacao, and I'd make these, you know, $50 smoothies. would <laughs> 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 be my pre-post and, you know, during uh, running drinks. But uh, they didn't necessarily improve my performance at all. They didn't improve my well-being, and I generally just didn't feel good after, you know, consuming them. Mm-hmm. So I weaned myself off, uh, partially just as an experiment to see how I could do just off-the-shelf, off-the-farmer's-market you know, produce, but also I just couldn't afford to continue the expense of buying them. Okay, and so you decided to just... How'd that work for you? Um, it worked great. The produce, basic produce, you know, a lot of it locally grown here in California, uh, gave me the same levels of performance and, in fact, even improved uh, my feeling of well-being. Ah. Um, you know, a lot of what I was experiencing as a raw foodist was going to these potlucks and raw restaurants and whatnot and consuming these incredible creations that were just pure art, mm-hmm. but I never felt good after eating them. Yeah, me either. And I'd have all these wonderful superfood smoothies that we'd all sit down at this, you know, tonic bar, and there'd be this, you know, elixir master behind the bar whipping up these amazing superfood concoction drinks, and we'd all chug them down and think how amazing we are, and then I wouldn't feel that good after. Mm-hmm. And it just it really got me to question, well, is this stuff really that good for me? And what happens if I stop eating it? And I'll tell you what happened. I started feeling better. And I stopped going to raw restaurants, and I stopped going to raw potlucks. And, you know, I kind of alienated myself from the raw community because I wasn't, you know, championing all this gourmet stuff and exotic stuff anymore. But I really started getting the full benefit of being a raw foodist. But this took you a while to do. I mean, you, you did, yeah, yeah. And yeah. what do you recommend for somebody who's just starting? Because especially if they're coming off a, a standard American diet, they're used to having this fullness in their stomach, and so they start with the raw gourmet foods. They 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 want the nuts. They need the heavy fat stuff at first. Do you agree with that? Absolutely not. No, I think that's the wrong way to go. And, okay. uh, you know, I've learned that in retrospect because that's the way I did it. Mm-hmm. But um, you're right. They do need that feeling of fullness. They need that feeling. It's mostly mental more than it is physical. Their, their mind needs to know that they've got something of substance in there. And regardless of what the science says, they're going to tell you, no, 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 I didn't get enough nutrition from that salad, even though they got, you know, 20 times what they would normally get from there. Absolutely. Unless they're eating the, si- the side salad that they would normally eat with dinner instead of four times that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's how it works. Um, 
people that go raw gourmet go for the heavy nuts. Everything is a nut pate, a nut sauce, a nut dressing, a nut bread, a nut granola, you know, that go in that direction, generally are going to be very gassy, number one. Yeah. They're going to have serious problems with indigestion. They're not going to be able to break the food down. Um, it's terrible food combining. Many of these recipes have 30 different ingredients in them, you know, mixing sweet sugar fruits with nuts and oils and salts and vegetables, and just you're combining every food that you can possibly put your hand on. Mm-hmm. And the body's not going to break that down, and they're going to have bloating, and they're going to be gassy, and they're basically going to say, raw food doesn't work for me, and they're going to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that so many times. Oh, I tried raw, but it didn't work for me. It's okay for some people, but it doesn't work for me. Okay. And here's how I suggest that someone do it. Eat your sad diet. And start adding one fruit to your diet per day. And then start adding a salad. And then after a month, add two new pieces of fruit a day. And another salad, you know, maybe four, four five times a week. Or make the salad bigger. And just over the course of five, six months, just start incorporating and adding more fruits and vegetables into your diet. To the point where after six months, there's no room for the other stuff. Because you're so full on the fruit and salads... You don't have the room for the pastas and the meats and the breads and the this and that. And also, you're starting to feel really good when you consume the fruits and salads. And then when you do have that other stuff, you notice, ooh, you know, that kind of slowed me down. And it's a gradual transition of adding things to your diet, never removing things from your diet. So, so you're it's, still it's, getting all the fat and whatnot and yeah. the carbohydrate feeling because you're eating your normal diet. Uh-huh. Just adding new and better things until they've replaced completely the other stuff. So it's it's like as a kid, you didn't really think about not playing with those toys anymore. You they just kind of got substituted. You started finding more interesting things that were more exactly. fun to do. Exactly, I call it um, po- making positive choices instead of negative choices. Uh huh. A negative choice is I can't have meat, I can't have pasta, I can't have ice cream, and I've got to be tough and I've got to be disciplined, and this is going to be hard, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick with it. Failure. Oh, it's not even fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Your mind resists. You think that somehow you're depriving yourself, and the little child that runs all of us is going to one day stand up and say, I want ice cream! And you're going to break down, and suddenly, you know, you've fallen off. And you say, ah, I tried it, and it didn't work. Yeah, because once you start going the other direction, then you tend to go the other direction. And you punish yourself. Yeah, beat yourself up after. Yeah, I fell off the wagon, I did this, and then I confess. Mm-hmm. And this is not about confession, actually, and guilt. It's about... Enhancing your life at your own level. Yeah. Yeah. By making positive choices, by saying, you know, I want an apple. I want an orange. I want a banana because when I eat those, I feel good. And really focus on what you want. You know, I want to feel good today. I want a salad. I want this. I want that. And instead of saying, I can't have something, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, people are always arguing for their limitations. Oh, I can't be a runner. I'm not an athlete. Well, but what do you want to be? What do you want to go for? Tell me that instead of what you can't do. Yeah. You now tell me what you want to eat and tell me how you want to feel after you eat it. Absolutely. Then try it. Sure, you can have your pizza, but go for something you want first. That's, how, that's one, one way I got going into healthier foods was I was at one time delivering newspapers. This was quite a while back. <clears throat> and uh, I'd be out at 2 in the morning, I'd come home at 5 in the morning, and I would always oh. pass a donut shop. Yeah. 
And I would tell myself, uh, okay, I would really like a donut. Now I can't even look at them and see them as, <laughs> as food. But at that time I did. And I would go home and I'd say, okay, I'm going to have a smoothie first. And this was way before raw. This was whatever I had as smoothies. I don't even remember. And I said, if I still want the donut, then I'll walk over to the donut shop and get it. I never even considered having it again until the next morning when I passed by the shop. Hmm. But it was just going home and saying, it, it's kind of um, a conscious procrastination mm-hmm. where I procrasted on having the donut or two or three. And I consciously had the smoothie first. And I, the, the, by that time, the donut had totally disappeared from my consciousness. I had no desire for it. I was totally satisfied with whatever I was drinking at the time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that worked really well. And um, so there's yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, I had an experience two days ago. I'm uh, in the process of a move, and uh, it's been moving is very stressful. And uh, also, you know, upping my training to a very high level now. So I'm under a great deal of stress, and sometimes I want to eat things that I know are going to make me feel bad, deliberately eat things that make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this instance, it was a lot of flaxseed crackers with a lot of guacamole. <laughs> and that's raw. That's raw food. It is raw food, and it but should be good for you. I feel terrible after I eat it. Okay. So here I am going for the guacamole and the crackers, and I open the fridge to get the guacamole, and I know that I'm going to feel bad, but I look, and right next to the guacamole are some grapes. Mm-hmm. And I'm reaching for the guac, and I'm looking at the grapes, and I said, I want grapes. And even though I didn't want grapes, I said, I want grapes. And then I kept repeating, I want grapes. I want grapes. And after about 10 repetitions, I'm like, I want grapes. And I reached for the grapes, <laughs> and it was kind of a, a you know a silly game, but it works. Yeah, and you know, just focusing on the positive. I I, I have something I call the monkey mind, <laughs> and it's always chitter chattering, and it's always it thinks it's supporting you and doing yeah. what you think you want. And so, did you eat the grapes? I ate the grapes. And did you still desire the guac? I did not, and I was so happy that I ate the grapes, and they were delicious, and they were sweet and mouth-watering, and I was, they, they gave me exactly what I needed, and I felt great afterwards. Absolutely. And that, that's what we do. And, and what is up with that, that when something happens, we're under stress, say, uh, with work or with uh, family or something, that we always undermine ourselves with bad food? Why, why do you think that is? Because we don't have community and affection um, and support from each other like human beings are supposed to have. I believe that we are social animals, especially living in these megalopolises like Los Angeles, where human interaction and affection are so infrequent. We've got to find something to comfort us, and we go to food because food tastes good. Absolutely. That feeling of being slowed down and being sluggish is somewhat comforting, even though you're being ill. It's comforting to have that food, you know, coma afterwards. Absolutely, and we'll hold that thought and be back in a moment. Hello, this is Revel. You're listening to Revelation Celebrating Your Potential. For information on my seminars, play shops, and teleconferences, please go to my website, revelations.com. There you can sign up for weekly revelations, purchase my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and or Smoothies and Smoothies for Life. 
and contact me to speak for your school or organizations. Your purchases do keep this program on the air. My guest today is, for the second time, Tower Racer, Marathoner, All-Round Athlete, Tim Van Orden. You can contact him through his website, runningraw.com. Off the air, Tim was telling me that he came up with something last night uh, while, while you were running, right? Yeah. Yeah, what was that? Well, <clears throat> you know, running is a solitary sport, and uh, it doesn't always fit into everyone's schedule, and it can be, you know, very painful to endure a long run at a fast pace or do these races and really push yourself and be a raw foodist and alienate yourself from the majority of the population with your diet and your, you know, athletic endeavors. So it's hard to really relate and whatnot. So, you know, I'm often challenged with getting myself to continue to train hard and eat this way, and there's not a lot of support out there. So, you know, one of the things that people commonly say to me is, wow, that must take discipline. I talked to and, more than 100 people this weekend at the race, and they all said the same thing. You are so disciplined. I could never do that. I don't have your discipline. To eat that way or to train that way, I just don't have your discipline. I can't do it. And I always say to them, it's not discipline. But I never knew how to explain what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And last night on this run, I was running in the dark, you know, it was 10 o'clock at night, and I've got to do a 12-mile run. And I didn't want to go do a 12-mile run at 10 o'clock at night. That's not what I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted I to relax at home and get ready for bed. Yeah. But I had to do it. And I got myself out the door, and I got myself running, and within five minutes, I felt so good. I had the beach all to myself, and it's quiet, and I'm out there, and it's beautiful, and the waves are crashing, and... All those negative voices that said, don't do it, it's going to be terrible, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, they shut up and it was like, I just breathed in and it was magic. This is what popped into my head. It's not discipline. It's like a good friend that grabs you and pulls you out of your house and says, I know you're feeling down, I know you're struggling, but come on, you're going to enjoy this. We're going to go to Disneyland and you're going to have a great time. You're like, I don't want to go, I just want to sit here and be miserable and I don't want to do it. But the friend (laughs) is persistent. And they're like, you're going to like it. And they force you out of the house, off the couch, wherever it is, and they make you do this thing. And you hate it for the first five minutes, and you resent them for doing it. But then all of a sudden you start to lighten up, and you're the happiest person in the world. And you're like, thank you for getting me out to do this. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm having a great time. And that's what occurred to me last night. You've got to have that great friend inside of you. And that's what it was last night, because there was a voice in my head that said, come on, Tim, you've got to do this run. You're going to like it. It's going to be good for you. No, I don't want to. But the friend won out. The friend in me was victorious. And about five minutes into that run, I thanked them. And I said, you know what? You're right. I feel so good. I'm so glad I got here. Thank you for being my friend. And that's not discipline. It's about that positive voice that exists inside all of us, even if it's only 2% of who you are. It's your best friend, and you've got to listen to it, and you've got to trust that it knows what it's talking about. Well, I find it interesting, our psychology, because I used to teach uh, Qigong and mm-hmm. Tai Chi, and I'd have my clients call and tell me that they weren't coming. Yeah. And they'd say, and I'd say, well, you know, I mean, you're as an adult, you don't have to give me a reason, but why are you not coming? They said, well, I just don't feel like it. And I'd say, you do know you'll feel better. And so they'd heard that so many times. So they started calling me and they'd say, I know I'll feel better if I come, but I'm not coming anyway. 
But <laughs> and that's, so you just want to feel bad. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I guess so. Okay. I mean, if you want to stay in that space, you're very welcome to do so. But <laughs> And I, I mean, I know what you're saying. I've done it so many times. I've been going to uh, one class for... 21, it'll be 22 years in January. Every Monday night I've been going to this class. And how many times I've told myself, well, I really want to stay home and just veg out and just be with my husband or whatever my excuse is, I don't really feel good. And I've gone and have been so glad at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the evening that I went. But we have this very strange psychology, which we'll get into when we get back in just a moment. Hi, this is Revel. We're back, and you are listening to Revelation Celebrating Your Potential. Have those of you listening ever considered how doing something like this program can enhance your own business? It doesn't have to be 36 minutes. It could be five minutes on a regular basis. If you'd like to be seen as an expert in your field, would like to create product to sell, draw people to your website who are already interested in what you and what you do, and reach an international audience creating your own podcast, internet broadcast, or web-based radio may be for you. You can do it at home, as we do. If interested, Revelations, in conjunction with my podcast expert, will be holding four free one-hour teleclasses throughout the month of October to introduce you to this cutting-edge technology that even a non-techie like me can do. For more information, please go to mypodcastexpert.com. My guest today is, for the second time, tower racer, marathoner, and all-around athlete, Tim Van Orden. You can contact him through his website, runningraw.com. Tim, we were talking, you were talking about going on a 12-mile run. How long does that take you? Uh, <clears throat> last night, it took, um, I think, an hour and 25 minutes. That's not a long time to go out and have fun. No. <laughs> and how do you sleep after? You do, do you get, are you uh, ready to go to sleep when you're done doing something like that, or is that something that keeps you awake? Well, um, you know, I've read studies that say that certain hormones are produced in the body, you know, during bouts of long exercise that keep you from sleeping. Yeah. But um, I find that the positive effects of running that much far outweigh the negative. And you're tired, number one. You've got this kind of runner's high going on. You know, you burned up your, most of your glycogen in your body, and, and glycogen are, is what powers the brain, so your brain's kind of a little swimmy and you're relaxed. Your body is warm, which feels really nice. And I do a stretching routine, you know, after I run, which is, you know, similar to a meditative yoga process. It just kind of relaxes me and, and really, you know, shapes the rest of my evening. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, kind of puts me right into bed. It's a nice ritual because it's not just the running, it's the after the running, too. You know, the bath afterwards, and it's, it's a, you know, process. <laughs> I enjoy it. Well, a bath afterwards would bring you down from the high to a comfortable balance, Yeah. 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 It's like work has been done. It's in the back. You can relax now. Yeah. Now, you mentioned stretching. Uh, I've been told to stretch before and after, but I found that sometimes I need to move and warm up the muscles first before I stretch. What, what is? How do you go about it? Well, stretching is one of the most um, controversial subjects in all of athletics. 
and that includes yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, people more often injure themselves than actually benefit themselves by stretching. Yeah. Especially in yoga classes. Because they, um, they do it when they're cold, right? They do it when they're cold and they push themselves too hard. You're not supposed to experience pain when you stretch. If you're experiencing pain, you're tearing the muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you do it before exercise. They've done studies that show that runners that don't stretch before races are actually faster than those that do stretch before the race. Why do you think that is? Uh, there's a lot of um, you know theories on it, but the, the most um, prevalent theory is that your body is spring-loaded. You know, and there's certain... Um, your hip joint, your knee joint, and your ankle joint are like springs. The uh, tendons and ligaments and, and fascia that hold it all together act like springs, and, and they kind of bounce you along, like on a pogo stick. But if you stretch them, you can uh, increase the elasticity, which means that the spring is no longer that efficient. And if you take a, sp- a slinky and you stretch it as far as you can, stretch it 50 feet, and then you know try to make it do its bouncy thing, it's not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. You've taken the bounce out of these supportive tissues, and what happens then without bounce, bone hits bone. Okay. And muscle, instead of being, you know, cushioned by a spring as it comes down, suddenly just whap, you know, and it, it hits the bone or hits the muscle next to it. So um. you don't want to be too elastic before you engage in exercise. You want to be warm. You want to warm the muscles up well. You want to stretch a little bit. Yeah. But never experience pain. Okay. And don't bounce. <clears throat> and uh, it's stretching after that's important. But when I say stretching, it's not so much just stretching. It's also massage, mm-hmm. and it's uh, using something that they call a foam roller, which is like a foam cylinder about six to seven inches in diameter that you kind of roll your body on, roll your legs, roll your back. Low. You kind of roll every part of your body over this long foam tube, and it stretches the muscles and massages them at the same time. Oh, I bet that feels really good along the spine. It does. It's incredible. In fact, everybody in the world should get one. <laughs> okay. I want one. Uh, Home roller. Look at it online. Now, as an athlete, people people who are not even athletes are always asking this question. You know mm-hmm. what it is. Yes. But I'm going to ask you, as an athlete, about protein. Yeah, protein. Um, well, I'm con team more than I am protein. <laughs> and um, that means... Yeah, I hear the question a hundred times a day. I'm Sometimes sure. I'll hear it a thousand times a day. I'm sure. A Let's clear it up right here, right now. And anybody wants to know about it, you, just send them to this podcast. There you go. There you go. I eat predominantly fresh fruits and vegetables. Predominantly. Mm-hmm. Greens being the majority of the fresh vegetables that I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat very few nuts and seeds. I might eat at most a tablespoon of nuts and seeds a day, at most. And that's not even every day. There are days that I don't consume any nuts or seeds at all. And remember, I'm not doing supplements. I'm not doing hemp seed proteins or soy proteins or any of that stuff. It's just predominantly fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. So my protein intake is minimal. It might be three grams a day, maybe, maybe five. It's not a lot. In fact, it's so far below what all the, you know, athletic journals um, state is necessary, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein a day, so far below that that it's, it's really ridiculous. And, and 
you know, doctors would say, you're, you're going to kill yourself. Your body needs this protein. And my answer is that's absolute and complete BS for several reasons. Number one, I have too much muscle now as a runner. In fact, I'm about 15 pounds heavier than I should be at my height to be competitive. My muscle keeps growing instead of getting smaller, which is what happens to runners on a sad diet. The mm-hmm. more you run, the smaller your muscles get. The more I run, the bigger my muscles get. And, you know, conventional science says that without protein, you can't build muscle. Well, I'm the proof that that's not the case. Well, Tim, is it, aren't um, greens a better source of protein than nuts and seeds? Seeds are big, nuts and seeds are fat. Greens do have protein in them. Yeah. And fruits and vegetables also have protein in them. But that's not even the issue. See, it's, it's like the whole organic thing. It's a smokescreen. It's a massive smokescreen designed to get people to buy, you know, dairy products and to buy soy products and to buy meat. Mm-hmm. It's marketing. That's all it is. It's not science. You know, like when I mention organics, there's a million studies out right now that say there is no evidence whatsoever that organic food is more nutritious. There is no evidence that organic food has more nutrients in it. Everybody's like, oh, my God, organic food's not any better. But what that science is completely avoiding, the giant smokescreen that they have created is, that's not the point. The point isn't that it's not more nutritious. The point is that there's no chemicals in it that are killing you. Mm -hmm. But by focusing on the nutrient content, they completely avoid that issue. Ah, okay. The fact is you're not consuming pesticides and herbicides and chemicals known to cause cancer. That's the issue. Same with protein. Now, most people don't realize this, but the body doesn't need protein. It doesn't need any protein. Protein is the middleman. What the body needs are amino acids. When you consume protein, your body has to break it down into amino acids. So by, by consuming protein, you mean consuming um, any like dead animals and stuff like dead that? Dead animals, which they uh, think... dairy protein, whey, soy, any kind of protein... Your body has to break it down. Your body can't use protein. Okay. And it is the most difficult thing to digest and break down, protein. Mm-hmm. There's an enormous amount of energy required to break down molecules of protein. Hard work for the body. So, as I said, what does it break them down into? Amino acids. What do raw foodists talk about? What is the one word that raw foodists talk about more than any other word? It's the number one reason why raw food is better. People don't even know what this word means, but they'll say it all the time. Enzymes. Enzymes, yeah. Raw food has enzymes. Well, what does that mean? I don't know, but it's got enzymes. <laughs> well, if you look in any dictionary or any, you know, biochemistry book and look up the definition of an enzyme, it will say it's a complex chain of amino acids. Enzymes are amino acids. That's what they are. When you're eating fresh fruits and vegetables that have not been cooked, because once you cook them, you denature the enzymes, destroy the amino acids. If you're eating them fresh, every piece of fruit and veggie you eat is full of amino acids in the form of enzymes. Your body doesn't have to break down the protein to get them. Your body just assimilates these amino acids. And they go to work, and they build muscle, and they build tissue and cells, and they make you super strong, without wasting all the energy breaking down these proteins that you never needed to begin with. Hmm. But, you know, the, the massive soy lobby in the dairy industry, they want you to believe that you need protein. Yeah, they do. 
protein is really, really hard on the system. And if you read the China study, you know, Dr. P. Colin Campbell's book, read it. protein is one of the, you know, number one causes of cancer and heart disease and diabetes and everything else. It's the protein, not the fat and the sugar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, how how do you recover? That's another thing they say is that you need, I think, protein for recovery or mm-hmm. something. I'm not sure, uh, not being an athlete myself. How is your recovery time compared to others? Well, once again, the amino acids, because they're readily assimilable, you know, the body can use them right away. Um, you know, it doesn't have to waste time breaking down these proteins. It can start healing quicker. Also, you're not consuming foods that are attacking the body. Like, you go out and have that pasta dinner, you know, and there are a lot of, like Lance Armstrong's coach wrote a book on uh, diet and athletic performance, and it's all about how you need to consume massive amounts of sugars and carbohydrates and sugared cereals and whatnot after a workout to replenish, you know, your glycogen stores. Well, kind of like the organic um, argument, you're also consuming massive amounts of things that are poisoning the body. Mm -hmm. So here you're trying to get the body to recover, but you're damaging it at the same time. And if you're lucky, you're going to break even. And the amount of damage that you're doing consuming that food is hopefully no greater than the amount of good you're doing by consuming the sugars to replenish your glycogen stores. When you're eating clean, whole, organic, fresh fruits and veggies, there's no damage. All of that energy goes into recovery. There's no immune response, um, digestive leukocytosis. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term. But basically, when you eat cooked food, your body has produces white blood cells in vast amounts, meaning that your body is attacking the food that you're eating. There's an immune response. You're actually, the body's like, instead of recovering, we've got to fight off this invader. It sees cooked processed food as an invader. So instead of recovering, your body is fighting. Hmm. Well, I recovered so much faster because my body is doing nothing but healing. There's no stress response. It's just healing. It's equivalent to consuming steroids. That's what steroids do. They allow the body to recover faster. That's all they do. They don't actually build muscle. They allow the body to recover faster, and the body builds the muscle on its own. Tim, you mentioned Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Now, he is, like, according to many people, the epitome of an athlete, having mm-hmm. won all the tours and everything. Um, we got 30 seconds in this one, but we've got another okay. segment. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into this, but I would like to get your theory, having read his book, on how this man can do what he does with the food program he's on. Sure. uh, Okay, so we'll come back with that uh, in a few minutes. Hi, this is Revel. We're back with our final segment on Revelation Celebrating Your Potential. If you are listening to this program via iTunes, you can find out more about this show and other podcasts by going to revel.com. That's with two V's and two L's. My guest today, tower racer, marathoner, all-around raw athlete, Tim Van Orden. You can contact him through his website, runningraw.com. I really wanted to talk about some of the things Tim does, but this is so much fun. The reason he does them is, and he's giving you the information right here about how he can do what he does. And I had just before the break asked him about Lance Armstrong. I don't know how much you want to get into this, but he is the epitome of racing. And I'd like your 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 ideas about 
how he can do this eating the food he eats? Well, it's a level playing field. Everybody else is also eating the food that he eats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know Lance and personally, but I've read his coach's book on diet and performance, so I'm assuming that Lance is eating what his, his coach was telling him to eat. Right. Um, and based on that, I know he's eating a lot of processed crap. At least I can make that assumption. Um, and so is everybody else. So, you know, the human body is incredibly resilient. It is amazing what we can accomplish on, you know, diet sodas and nacho chips. I'm a, you know, I don't want to mention any product names. Right. You know, pizza and processed food allow kids at the age of 18 to do phenomenal things in athletics um, because the body is amazing, but eventually it breaks down. It's like, you know, I'll I'll do what I can with what you're giving me, but eventually I'm just, you know, there's going to be a net loss that I can't recover from. Mm -hmm. And since every athlete, every other athlete on the planet pretty much is eating just like Lance, it's, like I said, a level playing field. I had the opportunity to interview Carl Lewis um, back in July. For those of you that don't know Carl Lewis or remember him, Carl won nine gold medals in the Olympics. He is um, one of the best athletes of all time, broke world records, and, and just phenomenal athlete. Well, Carl was vegan for a good portion of, that, of his long career. I think he won medals in four different Olympics, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is unheard of. And... When Carl broke the world record at 100 meters, he was a vegan. And he was eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. Now, he was not raw, but he was eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and also eating, you know, other vegan foods that were very simple whole foods, although cooked. And when I asked Carl about that, I said, you know, what, you know, what do people say? What do you think? What do you think about raw food? Is it crazy? You know, and he said, I don't think it's crazy to eat the way you're eating. I think it's crazy that people are eating the way that they're eating. Mm-hmm. He said, and I'm not, you know, I'm not shocked at what you're doing. I'm shocked at what they can do on the crap that they're eating. He said, that's what surprises me. That the human body can tolerate so much abuse and still, you know, achieve this high level of performance. But he said, ultimately, there's a level of performance that human beings have not even witnessed yet that will be experienced by eating cleaner, whole, natural back-to-nature foods. And that's what, you know, this mission is all about for me. Let's go back to the basics. And there's a level of performance there that is going to blow the roof off sport. And steroids and whatnot are not only going to be harmful and slow that, you know, those results down, they're going to be a thing of the past. That's my journey. That's my mission. Well, I think we're already starting to see what's happened to a lot of athletes as they break down um, with the steroids, with the various drugs they're using, the food programs. I mean, Lance did have cancer. Uh, we've seen a, a wrestler go through a roid rage, or supposedly, I don't know if that's exactly what happened, where he killed his own family. Succumbing to various uh, illnesses and diseases, miscellaneous things. And these are supposed to be the healthiest people around. And they're well, not. We're finding they're not. They're the fittest people. They're by far not the healthiest. Ah, that's that's a good difference. The and fittest. That's a big distinction to make. Athletes in this country, in this world, are not healthy. They are fit. Ah, we'd have big to look difference. up the dif- difference on that, and we don't have time. This is this is it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, Tim, thank you for being with us again. 
You're very, very welcome. I mean, we could we could do a whole series of shows on this because your website is amazing. I, I want to keep seeing the updates. If you've not seen his website, go to running raw raw running. I'm sorry, running raw running raw dot com. Oh, did I say that wrong the first time? No, you've been saying it right. Okay, <laughs> running raw dot com. Uh, it's an amazing update. You're you're doing a lot of lot of information on that. And uh, anybody who is an athlete or who wants to be, please go there. Check it out, and just for the the information on raw food, uh, if you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at Revel Two V's Two L's at celebratingyourpotential.com. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity. Saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>